So when you talk about it, improving, improving, so do we have the potential? Can we really do it? Is it possible? So we said the potential is there. Buddha said so. Potential is there. The, the, all the teachers would say it is a matter of improving, but is it there? Like Tongkhapa said, it's not a matured, it's a need to be matured. When it's matured, you have what will react to outside is what you have it. I mean, that's what it is. So therefore, Buddhism goes almost too far and says everybody can become a Buddha. Because you have the potential in there, you can go as far as that much to become a Buddha. That is, of course, long shot. I mean, it's true. Uh, the Buddhists have a Buddhist teaching traditions have a habit of introducing our goal to become a Buddha. That's a long shot. But uh, the, whatever we needed here is improving and go closer to that as much as possible. That's what I take as a, my goal. Go closer to that as much as possible. If you reach there by chance, lucky. But if you don't reach it, that's okay. But can go closer as much as possible. That's what it is. So the basic question rises, is that such an individual, can it be improved? And that is definitely can be improved. Our personal experience tells us that we can definitely improve. Right? I don't think there's any problem with that. And is there a limit of how far you can improve? That is another question. But we can see, we see it, and we can improve. So, basically, when we establish that individual can improve, that is an important point. We keep it, right? So then the question comes, how and what? And that is the big thing we have to talk about it. So that's the question of negative and, uh, and negativity and positive, whatever you call it. Negative, positive, or negativity and positivity, whatever they are. So, true religion's language point of view, you have to say what? Uh, virtue and non-virtue. All these are the questions comes thereafter. The first and foremost, there is room for us to improve. And it is possible to improve. It is possible to get the individual better. That is the main thing. Then it is worth to put in our efforts. It is worth to take a trouble. Otherwise, there is no point. If we are not going to improve ourselves, then what is the use of, of doing all this? It is not so easy, even if it's a 10 10 Tuesdays to put it in there. If you keep on thinking, as I say, it is like, you know, 20 to 30 hours out of a busy American life. It's not that simple and easy. So, but the point rises here, so it can improve the individual. So then it is worth to do this. So to improve the individual, then now the question comes, how? And what? 
So for that, it comes out all this what I call delusion. Basically, I'm referring to anger, attachment, hatred, fear, laziness, wandering mind, incapable of concentrating or thinking that I call wandering mind, and the ignorance. And these are the sort of categories that I, on my limited English knowledge, can sort of referring them as a delusion. So whenever you hear me constantly talking about the delusions, so please try to think I'm referring to those. So what makes the individual not very good is those delusions made is not good. Right? You don't want to be an angry person. The anger doesn't make good at all. And uh, so on and so forth. The laziness doesn't make good either. And each one of them. So there is a room for us to improve those delusions. So how do we, how are we going to improve it? We have to recognize I think we have to really have to recognize. You have to recognize our individual. I'm talking about totally individual. Don't think about the general. Think about the individual. And it's so important to recognize that our delusions, our anger, our hatred, jealous, ignorance, that's difficult to recognize. But these are the very important step to recognize. And we all know, actually, we all know, but we try to show up a little bit to remind ourselves that this is, we have this problem. And we do recognize our anger. We do recognize anger. We do recognize jealousy. We do recognize all of them. But we do not recognize each an individual pointing finger on ourselves, my anger. We do not recognize my jealous. We do not recognize my ignorance because we like to deny. I like to deny that I am angry. I like to deny that I am jealous. I like to deny all this. So when you, when you keep on denying, I have anger. If I keep on denying I have anger, I'm not going to recognize at all. Because I deny I have it. How can I recognize if I keep on denying? So it is important to bring individuals into such a state of mind where you can really see your own faults as well as, but I don't think we have to see our good qualities. We, we will always see that. And we will not only see it, we will exaggerate a little bit. And we are good at blowing our own trumpet. But it's difficult to see our own faults. So we have to bring our mental state into such a level 
but we can at least be able to acknowledge our own problems and then try to handle from there. So what we established tonight? Two things. There's a room for improve. And we have to acknowledge our problems. As a matter of fact, our problems are quite a big. Our anger is a quite a strong. Our delusions are quite powerful so that we are almost expert. If you like to accept, we are expert on anger, jealousy, attachment. We are. Actually, we are at the peak stage of the <laughs> development, really. And when we improve means we'll go down. Go down of those anger, down, come down, and then try to go the other way around. That's what it is. And our anger, hatred, jealous, all of them are also in, reinforced by our habit, habitual way of the function to act. According to the anger, we don't have to learn. We know exactly what to do without any, without putting any effort. We can do it. I mean, we're so simple. If we have been told boo, we are so quick to use F word, right? I mean, that's no problem. We don't have to think about it. It's a stairway thing. And that is our habit. If somebody is saying something bad to us, we don't have to learn, or we don't have to go to the therapist and say, how do I get angry? <laughs> do we? You don't. And we learn it. We're automatic with that. So that's what I mean. Our habit will support Enforce, sort of, you know, reinforce the negative things that we have. But if we have to not to get angry, then we have to go, we have to meditate, we have to go to the counselor to learn how not to get angry, how not to react in that way. We, don't, we do need to learn that. And we don't have to go to the counselor how to get angry how to react badly. It shows us we are experts. But it tells us, I mean, it tells us the information, how we are well trained in that. That's why I said we are experts on those. So the Buddha's way, what the Buddha said is a great way to do, is actually is going against all our usual habits. And we have to say, if somebody tells you a boo, we have to say and learn how to sit there and not only a artificial smile, but really truly loving, not to get bothered. A lot of people can do easily, artificially pretend not to get to you. Right, people do that. A lot of them do that. Huh? 
and uh, you try to sort of project, you may be, you may be sort of angry, get so angry, but you sort of just sit there and say, no, react at all. You could other people do that. Are deficient too. But what Buddha really sort of encouraged is not really get those things attack you. That is something which you have to learn and which you can do that. And the learning here, and when I use the word learning, I don't think of like the university where you learn out of the blackboard or this. I don't mean that. I mean practically you can sort of learn how to do it. And it is a very interesting example that Zandas told me once, and uh, I like that thing, and I used it, and this summer I met Ramdas, I repeated what he said, and he was laughing. And that, that is a very good example. I always sort of finding it nice. And uh, when he was in the Harvard during the period where you have those trips, um, <laughs> and uh, one, one of the trips that he had miscalculated the day, and uh, it's one of the Jewish holidays called the Rasa, what is it? New Year, right? That's the period. So he miscalculated day the day when he's supposed to be going to see the family, you know. So he was not out of that yet. So, so he has to get up in the morning and shave. And he said he managed to be able to shave without cutting himself. But sat in the car, drove his car. However, he managed to get to the home without any problem at all. He managed to get home. And then the dinner was served, and he said he was sitting cross, just cross over with his brother. And he said suddenly he noticed the little arrows are shooting out of the brother's mouth, coming towards him. Arrows are coming, you know, a lot of those little arrows are coming out, one after another. So what he did, he said he picked up each one of these arrows and put it on the plate. <laughs> put them on the plate. So that's the point. <laughs> the point is, when we learned or when we developed, whether it is a true meditative state, whatever, you, whatever that may be, or through a practical practice, or, or if, if it is through a chemical effect, or whatever it is, what we need to learn is that the arrows doesn't hit us and doesn't cause pain, and so that we don't react. Are you getting my point? And that's what really, and this is the one example because people can relate, you know, that's why we're talking about it. I brought this up. We can relate to this. We can understand what it means. And when you improve the individual means, that sort of state, that error doesn't hit. That error does not starve our emotions. That error will not make us either to cry or react or, or, or both or all sorts of things we do. So that is what it is. And the Buddhism is supposed to provide that. But it's not so easy to get it. You, I mean, in order to get that state, you probably cry ten times or maybe a hundred times. But you'll get there. And that's about 
That's all I have to say. I have nothing more to say tonight. If you have any questions, I mean, that is how we try to deal with it. So, negative emotions transform it on the basis of this you could be talking. I'm wondering if you could uh, explain a little bit how you would transform fear. Fear? Yeah. This is another. Are you ready for it? I'm not You don't have to answer that, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will recommend you to read a book written by Chuyam Tungba in Shambhala. There's a chapter, I think there is a chapter of fear and fearless, I think. As you know, I don't read English myself, I don't read well, but uh, I do remember calling that to me, that, that portion, while I'm driving somewhere. And I thought he had provided quite good information on that. But basically, all fears are not necessarily bad. There are certain fears are good. I mean, for example, if there is a danger in the street, if you pretend to be fearless and walk down, and then you will lose her. And that, that's no point. But on the other hand, some people have unnecessary fear. Unnecessary fear of something, so you get so afraid. Sometimes you can't sit in your own house. So I notice people turn on all the televisions. <laughs> some noise going on. People do that, don't they? And they need to turn the light on all the time because they're afraid of something coming out of darkness. And these are totally unnecessary fear. It could have caused something during the childhood period, or it could if it does the symbol symbol fear, imaginative fear. And it's almost you're afraid that somebody's going to come out of the closet and they're going to grab you. And uh, mind you for this the, even the today's uh, television entertainment doesn't help you much. <laughs> yeah, they really add up quite a lot on that. On that. And uh, these are the unnecessary fears that we have. And uh, I don't think there is a such a thing could be get transformed, this type of fear. But it is sort of better looking carefully in it and the better seeing it, better sort of see deeply inside and they recognize there is nothing to be really afraid of it. And by giving yourself that suggestion over and over again is one of the ways to help. And the Buddhist tradition, if you look at it, they give you emptiness as the answer. So the, when they give you the emptiness as the answer, it is a, just a country to answer. It is a, and the, what is emptiness? And the, where is all this is take country to answer. But it is a true answer. Because if you see truly there is nothing really existent in that, then you, there's no reason why you're afraid of it. But you don't see it. It just takes time. It doesn't give you a immediate help. But it is a really helps you 
look into it. I just remember that the, the, the thing what the calling right in the Tungba uses is not the, not getting rid of the fear, but going beyond the fear. That's what he used the word, I think, going beyond the fear. And that is another way of putting it, right? Going beyond fear. It sounds uh, very nice. It is true. But how? Uh, that is the one thing. And then again, we'll come back to the point of true understanding. When you look carefully, when you really see it, and then it helps. It helps one direct way. But then if you're if you're working through the mind training and all this, then it is the fears up where you look and handle the fears are totally different. Like the seven point mind training we just had in the summer retreat. If you if you're looking through that anger, then looking to the fear is totally different. So so that is the different way of handling. I'm not even sure whether um, that is very relevant here. But if you read those notes on the seven-point mind training, they will definitely help you to look into fear, but rather bold way. And I don't think fear is such a thing that you can transform. I don't think that's something transform. And by nature, it is a virtue or non-virtue is a totally different issue here how it affects individuals and how we can get ourselves a little bit free of those fears. Mm. That's what it is. And the fearless is great. And however, you cannot misunderstand the fearless. If you try to be fearless and walk to try to street, you know, when there's a trouble or something, and that's not fearless, that is stupid. That is true. I mean, it's very hard, you know. So, so what to pretend and why pretend on it? Uh, but on the other hand, if you are tired of afraid, whether you don't have afraid in your own room, and thinking some 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 kind of ghost going to come out of a closet, and that is also stupid. It's a rather, I think it's a stupidity. But the people have that; they can't help it. Some kind of previous experience, some, some sort of things comes back all the time. If you know the truth, then there's nothing to be afraid. Whatever the true reality of anything, whatever it may be, if you really know the truth, there's nothing really to be afraid of. So all the fears came up because we turned to know the truth. And so we imagine this and that and that and all sorts of things. Even the ghost, we're afraid of ghosts. If we know the true reality of the ghost, and the ghosts are afraid of us, if there is a ghost, we say there is a ghost. Because I'm saying that on the basis of a Buddhist teaching, and if that is true, they also say the ghosts are afraid of us. More so than we're afraid of them. But on the other hand, you're afraid of somebody going to attack you. It's the reality. That's also true. And you just can't escape that because the, the environment is such a thing. You have to be alert and aware of it. Awareness can help you on that. So I sort of rather look, the fear is 
big thing, but if you sort of examine very carefully, then what it is. So, can we dedicate and call it there? And thank you. <laughs>